we are constantly being bombarded, bombarded with images of what it means to be healthy, constantly being fed commercials about what it means to be healthy, constantly being told about how some expert has the secret to weight loss, the secret to being healthy. But how can we actually achieve the goal? That goal of being able to reach our ideal weight, of having the healthy life we all want. It boils down to how we're going to go about setting the goals that we have for ourselves. Are we going to constantly be needing rewards and punishments? Sometimes boil down to the concept of, do I need to use the twitch, the punishment? or the carrot, the reward, to do what I need to do? Or will I go about self-selecting the behaviors that I want? That's because too often we want to make changes in our life that we hope will allow us to be healthier, to change our body weight, to change our body composition. Yet most of these changes tend to be excessively short-lived. But why? Shouldn't my desire to make the change mean that I'm going to be successful in making the change? Well, we might hope so, but the problem lies in how we attempt to make the changes in our life. Are we selecting the changes that we want to make because I want to make the change? Or are we selecting the change that is being forced upon us? Are we making changes that we would want to select? Or are we making changes in order to appease somebody by selecting what they want us to select? When it comes to weight issues, when it comes to health issues, the inability to self-select, the inability to select things that we would want to do, as opposed to being imposed upon us, leads to a sense of lack of control an inability to determine what I'm going to do and why I'm going to do it. What this does is this leads to a sense of yo-yoing. Why am I yo-yoing? You don't have to be forced or feel like you're being forced into a choice to make the selection coerced. The idea of yo-yoing comes from the underlying coercion into the selection that is being made. The coercion stems from choosing actions that you would not choose to do without feeling that someone expects you to do it. You might get punished by not making that choice, even if, even if that punishment is you simply feeling like you're letting the other person down. We have the implication that many of our health issues may be reversible by altering lifestyle behaviors. Yet we have the huge limitation in the recommendation due to lower than expected long-term success. That comes about because we tend to select things that we would not normally want to do. We do things out of a sense of punishment or a sense of reward, a sense of coercion. If we look at the ideal and the ideas of weight loss, most of this comes from poorly developed, poorly developed program goals 
that generally focus on weight loss through a continuous activity or through constant dieting based on the idea of eat less, move more, or based on a fallacy that those needing weight loss have some intrinsic desire to be overweight, to be overfat, that they are somehow lazy and want to be overweight, want to be overfat, and thus need to be coaxed and coerced into a change based on what the health professional wants them to do, a change that is forced upon them. This fallacy in turn leads to treatment ideas that come to focus or programs to be solely about losing weight and not gaining fitness. By focusing solely on weight loss and not fitness-based gains, program goals can lead to a drive for continuing program only if that program shows loss. Since gains in muscle mass might lead to gains in weight, we might see changes in weight as a negative reinforcer. As we would state scientifically, the psychological reinforcement of gains in muscles from exercise causing weight gain increases the sense of punishment for the person exercising because the program is being focused solely on weight loss. Thus, the desire for continuation is hampered, even when improvements in health might be seen. This fallacy leads to many of the ploys that we see in a lot of the mass-marketed programs. The you-can-gain-muscle-lose-fat-at-the-same time. The mass-marketed programs utilized to entice those constantly seeking weight loss remedies, constantly finding, trying to find the next program to help with their weight issues where marketers are going to coerce, well, they might say market, to the individual feeling that they cannot reach their goals unless they're going to utilize some unique program. Well, how unique is it? If we do a simple review and comparison of the various programs being marketed, we would show that most of them are pitching the same idea, showing the same program. Slightly different in the wording, but it's the same thing. The same idea can be seen if we do a look through the bookstores. If we look through the bookstores, we might see a host of exercise and dietary suggestions being offered by supposed experts in an effort to cause weight loss. Where the indication is weight loss is going to lead to improved health, as opposed to developing programs that might be an effort to improve health while also allowing for weight loss. Within all of these marketed programs, there is a problem. There's a problem with the majority of the suggestions. The problem with the majority of the suggestions is that they're good in the short term, but very poor in the long term. The advertisement that these programs have can impart unrealistic goals and outcomes that cannot be achieved by a majority of the individuals trying to change their body composition, trying to change their body image, trying to change their body weight. Regardless of the origin of the treatments, whether it's from the medical professional, the mass marketeer, the fitness center employee, each has the possibility to serve as a means to undermine the likelihood for the individual to put forth the effort necessary to reach the goal independent of the sense of coercion, as the program either does not present 
the means necessary for self-maintained changes over the long term, or become too restrictive to allow for a sense that their effort is manageable by themselves. Driving those who are overfat, overweight, or highly sedentary to an intrinsic aversion to any intervention that would allow for improvements of health and possible weight loss. We see many programs that will provide only short-term changes that cannot be maintained. A failure in developing attainable goals that becomes the crux for the limited attrition and long-term compliance for individuals trying to lose weight and the cycling of weight gain and weight loss that we all know. The yo-yoing. But guess what? We can do better. And we know how to. We know that any of the variety of options have a possibility to allow for short-term adaptations, but fail to provide the means for long-term success. We have ample evidence that shows that short-term weight loss across any of the methods of interventions are possible. Analysis of multiple studies, multiple meta-analytical studies, show that maximal benefit and effectiveness from any of the programs is going to occur in 8 to 12 week in 8 to 12 weeks periods of training and will lose effectiveness and will lose benefit as intervention increases in duration the rationale that can be afforded for why there is maximum benefit for short term stems from the same principles that underlies the rationalization for why we lack benefits long term and that's the periodization of exercise and the periodization of diet. The responses seen in diet and exercise and the changes that occur in response to the combination of the two is based on the combination of hormone and physiological feedback mechanisms that are going to reduce the level of stress from the treatment over time. As we now see the new treatment or the treatment itself as being the new normal. What we do has to change in order to induce changes. Once the changes have stopped, we can no longer utilize that same program. As the body now knows that that is its new normal and will stop adapting in response. The establishment of the new normal means that I am no longer sensing the need to respond and no longer will present new adaptations. I will stop losing weight. I will stop becoming healthier if the stress does not change from the diet or from the exercise. We also have issues with many of the dietary modifications. Over the long term, a lot of the diets become too arduous, too onerous, to be continued. They become too arduous and too onerous to be continued for a host of reasons. Some of them include poor understanding of what the caloric balance and the nutrient balance means, the over-focus on the calories relative to the nutrients, the exclusionary effect that some diets, or actually most diets, have within social settings, the excessive restrictiveness that some diets have limit intrinsic reward responses for dieting. Because I may not select that diet method and I'm being coerced into following that diet method, I am less likely to do it in the long term 
if I do not have that constant state of reward or punishment being present. There are various rationales that combine that lead to the reduced wanting to continue, whether it's the continuation of exercise or continuation with the diet modifications that can occur without feeling of coercion into continuation. A feeling of choosing to avoid some sort of punishment for not continuing. That will not only continue with the intervention, where a continuation of the intervention will only happen if monitoring occurs. And I'm monitoring so as to avoid punishment from those who are monitoring me, mainly a feeling that I'm letting someone down or I'm constantly receiving negative comments within the feedback I'm given for not reaching an established goal. This lack of self-selection, this constant state of coercion, is based not on understanding the kinds of exercise that might be of greatest benefit, is based not on knowing how to develop a diet so as to not cause social seclusion and social exclusion. The lack of self-selection is based on the inability to integrate the person attempting to lose weight, the person attempting to become healthier with the individuals planning the intervention. A change that can be established by simply integrating various points provided by the individual and by the authors of the programs to establish appropriate goals and utilize self-selected patterns of exercise and diet to provide the psychological reinforcement to allow for continuation in the program. For the authors to be able to provide the physiological stresses necessary to allow for continuous adaptation, to utilize the principles of periodization of exercise, a change that will instill in a person the psychological desire to continue without needing the external reward, as they have developed through being integrated into the program itself, an internalized drive to action, an internalized desire to undertake the necessary steps to improve their health and possibly lose weight. When programs are being developed, as we have indicated in several papers, weight loss can be a goal, but it should be a goal that is secondary to changes in fitness and changes in health. It's a thought pattern that is meant to focus the improvements of the treatment on a sustainable lifestyle and not on an imposed lifestyle. What we're trying to do within this pattern of behavior is allow for a self-selection of a better behavior over a worse behavior. The self-selection improves and leads to a sense of control. It eliminates the sense of coercion, particularly when options and choices are made available to the individual, and the individual is provided the opportunity to select within the choices. The process is going to begin with the selection of exercises that are most internally desirable for the individual. 
understanding that selection of exercise for those that are over fat, those that are overweight, those that tend to be sedentary, are more focused on power and strength exercising, what we usually refer to as weightlifting or resistance training, and not necessarily on the endurance or aerobic exercise, what is mistakenly referred to as cardio. And that's due to psychological aversion from that form of exercise, typically due to some sort of traumatic events that occurred early in life around the use of exercise. The problem is, is that if we do not allow for self-selection within this pattern of exercise behavior, but impose upon them the biases that we tend to have as to what is the best exercise for the individual to follow, we may force them into an exercise pattern that they would not normally select. This means that when endurance activities are the principal program format, the biased response, it becomes less of a self-selected form of exercise. What is interesting, however, is that as the overfat, as the overweight, as the highly sedentary individual becomes more active in their exercise program, the likelihood of selecting multiple forms of exercise increases. The likelihood of them selecting towards endurance and aerobic activities increases, even though that is not what was being originally structured within the exercise intervention. The vast majority of programs available and advertised through the media, either popular press, over the internet, or through social media, tend to focus on the endurance activities or on high-intensity activities to develop acute excessive caloric expenditure during the exercise session and would similarly lead to a self-selection away from exercise. When exercise intervention utilizes resistance exercise and is appropriately pro programmed to be progressive and periodized to allow for continuous improvements and focuses on appropriate training goals, the level of self-selection increases, a process that continues with our goal setting. Goals need to have the idea of being specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-specific, what is sometimes referred to as the SMART goals. Goals that are developed as a means to motivate through providing internal reinforcements to continue by including non-contingent positivity while allowing for alternatives to become present, understanding that goals may not be met by the specific endpoint, but allow for endpoint modification and goal modification throughout that will eliminate the oscillations, the going back and forth, the yo-yoing that can occur between the positive and the negative reinforcements will allow for the desired change in behaviors to come about. The likelihood of changing lifestyles to become healthier. This establishment of internal rewards will become the motivation for the individual. While there may still be a need for external motivators, the external motivator is no longer coercive. It's no longer having to do something to meet someone else's desired goals. I'm no longer 
set in a pattern of behavior that requires your approval, the external motivator is no longer required for the motivation to continue, but it may add to the likelihood for continuation.